Hi everybody, Pastor Scott here. This is week two of Jumpstart Your Walk. Um, so notice uh, what we have loaded here at the top is a chart, graphic, the eight essentials of discipleship. You'll see that it, um, you can see the little marks, uh, there's scripture, and then there's um, a couple of marks that one leads to worship, one leads to prayer, so you can see all that. So this demonstrates the flow of the eight essentials. You remember last week that we said we start with scripture. Scripture is primary. And then it's important that we realize that how do we respond uh, when we've heard scripture and we have believed, um, we've believed in the God of the Bible, we've believed in Jesus Christ, how do we respond? Well, we respond uh, in worship and in prayer, and we're going to talk about that. But um, at its in its rawest form, prayer and worship is acknowledgement of God, agreement with God, and a decision to obey and to follow Him. So worship and prayer are necessary uh, to bring to uh, activate Scripture and to connect us with God. So um, we can, uh, you know, when a new Christian lives in that relationship with God and is excited and uh, it's all about just, you know, uh, getting in the presence of God and reading the Bible, but not long at all before God uh, moves us and sends us towards people. Okay, maybe it's almost instantaneously. Other times, maybe it isn't. But as we've we've heard of God, we've heard of Jesus, we've believed in him, we worship, we pray, we're, we are building on that relationship, and then he sends us to people. That's the essential of relationship. And relationship uh, has to do with uh, everyone in the world, has to do with our family, has to do with uh, connecting with the body of Christ, has to do with how we have dealt with um those who have hurt us, those maybe whom we have hurt, but getting relationships, uh, getting our relationships to be right. All right. Now, that's not something to be, uh, to begin to be guilty or condemned over. Uh, we, we just obey the Lord and not everybody may cooperate, but he sends us to people. Now, out of those relationships, we begin to realize that uh, we are, we minister to the church, we reach out to people in need, or serve people in need, and then we reach out to those who are lost, and that stewardship undergirds all of that. So you can see the flow there. Also, at some point, we'll talk about knowing, being, and doing. Um, uh, everything that we do is based on who we are. That's our being. And uh, who we are is based on knowledge we have received and been impacted by and have held on to uh, and allowed to become part of the structure of who we are. So we'll talk about that uh, as we go. But worship or prayer, which comes first? Well, before one can begin a relationship with Christ or serve others in his name, evangelize or allocate resources of time or money with any effectiveness or with uh, the proper intentionality, he or she must believe. That is, he or she must hear the gospel message and respond in faith. That response includes prayer. But if you think about it, it also includes worship. In fact, if you think about it, worship and prayer are bound up together. 
So let's uh, let me explain that. Genuine worship happens in the presence of God. Now, don't confuse worship uh, with praise. It's not that they're not connected, but praise is the entry way. It's it's the door, okay? But uh, worship uh, is uh, goes much deeper than that. It's not merely ascribing uh, great things and words to God. So uh, genuine worship happens in the presence of God and includes, but is not limited to, praise, thanksgiving, and surrender, and is directed to his ear and his heart. It's through praise, thanksgiving, and worship that we enter into the presence of God, at which time we let our requests be made known to God and look for grace and mercy to help in our time of need. You can see the scripture references there. Hopefully you are on essentialsofdiscipleship.com and you're seeing uh, what I'm reading. It also involves the surrender of ourselves as living sacrifices. Now, the process of coming uh, to salvation or being saved is one that involves acknowledgement and confession of Jesus as Lord, believing in his resurrection and calling on the Lord. Here's Romans 10, 8 through 13. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, that sounds a lot like worship to me. Can one truly pray and not worship? Can you worship and not pray? H. Schoenweiss and Colin Brown agree Obeisance is a sign of man's fundamentally religious nature. His worship shows who his God is, whether it be the true God or idols, demons, even Satan himself. For man's relation to God is expressed principally in worship and above all in prayer. The call to conversion can therefore be put in the form, worship God. That is, recognize him in all his power and glory as creator and judge. Acknowledge his exclusive sovereign rights and claim upon you. Of course, worship and prayer are fundamental to our response to God and his divine self-revelation, which we receive through the declaration of his word. Now, you're going to notice here at the very bottom of the page, um, it's essentialsofdiscipleship.com, jumpstart your walk week two. At the very bottom is the habit of daily prayer. It's a link to a website called the habit of daily prayer. This is based on a book that I wrote called contending for the habit of daily prayer. The manuscript is there. You'll see it's the first link, the top of the page, uh, upper left, and it leads you to a PDF file um, of the book. Now this course, uh, I do teach a course uh, on uh, contending for the habit of daily prayer. It's the daily prayer project, um, and we can talk about that. But what we want to talk about here, uh, you remember last week, we're talking about how can we make, how can we re-engage with scripture 
and uh, make it uh, fresh again in our walk with the Lord. Well, that's what we want to do this week, worship and prayer. What can we do? Well, obviously, we know that we need to worship and we need to pray. And uh, hopefully that's something that we do every day. And we can say, I'm going to do that at 830 or whatever the time is. <clears throat> but what happens is we get locked into um, the list. And over the years, um, in order to, to get people to pray, the church has said, well, make sure that you do this and you do that. So they'll, so the list generally goes, make sure uh, when, you, when it's time for prayer, uh, you uh, begin by praising God and worshiping him and loving him. Then you thank him for all he's done for you. You confess your sins if there are any known sins and ask him for forgiveness. Um, you might do some other things. You might sing before the Lord or whatever it might be. But then you begin to intercede for others. Uh, and then you can ask for some things for yourself. Well, that's all uh, well and good. And those are all things that are good to do in prayer, <clears throat> but they're not relational and they're not the top priority. If you read the book, Contending for the Habit of Daily Prayer, the link is uh, where I showed you, um, you're going to see that what I'm contending is that the number one priority for prayer and for worship, but prayer is the, is the subject of that book, is to pursue intimacy with Jesus and to make that our number one priority. Um, so you can read that book and begin to see what that's about, but you're not going to get closer to God uh, by following a list. You're not going to get closer to God by uh, making sure that you mention everybody's name. Those are important things to do, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to do that. What we need to do first and foremost is be hungry for more in our relationship with Jesus. Let me give a quick example uh, of why that's important and how that applies to our relationship with God by looking at uh, romantic relationships. So uh, imagine this with me. Imagine that you have fallen in love with someone and um, they're just the most wonderful person in the world. But for whatever reason, you're in a season that you can only see them or talk to them for five minutes per day. Five minutes a day. I think in, in the book it says one minute. Five minutes a day. Can you imagine being so head over heels in love with that person and you spend your full five minutes asking them uh, to do stuff for you? Like, hey, could you remember to take out the trash? Uh, hey, could you go by my house and fix something? Or, hey, could you, uh, did you buy something on, uh, you know, what whatever site that is? Um, can you tell me why you did this? You wouldn't spend your five minutes cleaning house you'd spend that five minutes saying, I just want to soak myself, soak you up. I just want to be with you. I want to be closer to you and know you. Okay. Uh, the same is true with God. We shouldn't spend our first and best moments in prayer asking for stuff and just trying to clear the list. We ought to be pursuing intimacy with Jesus. So I hope that encourages you. Do that this week, every day. Read the book. Read Contending for the Habit of Daily Prayer. Uh, you can look on Anchor and also find the Daily Prayer Project. There's quite a few podcasts where I'm reading that book and talking about it. Uh, but that's what this is about. That's how we're going to energize worship and prayer, the second and third uh, essentials for week two. All right. Thanks for listening.